Well, this week's Baggies broadcast can't really get any more downbeat, disappointed or outright angry like we were last week. But since last time, since we were ranting on the Baggies broadcast, you could say things have got marginally better with that draw at High Fly Norwich. Although when you look at the table and look at the atmosphere among the fan base, things still don't look good. I'm Johnny Drury and this week I'm without my sidekick, Lewis Cox, um, but we've got a a replacement with a plethora of Baggies knowledge, the host of the Baggies podcast, Louis Bent, back with us. Louis, how's things, pal? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, great to be back on the show. I mean, international breaks always uh, always gives Albion fans a lot of pause for thought. But I think, yeah, more than ever, I think at the moment, it's probably going to give us a bit of time to think and, yeah, time to reflect on, the, on what's gone by so far. But, yeah, great to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming in. You've dug us out of a hole today and we'll be chatting, as you said, we'll be chatting about Albion and the lead up to the the international break, talking about last week, um, looking at the big, somewhat bleak picture at the moment when it comes to Albion. We've got a few questions from you guys. Uh, we'll be hearing a little bit from James Morrison and Chris Brunt, head of the Clash of the Legends testimonial match charity game on on Saturday, whatever you want to call it. Um, and just looking at all things Albion. Louis, I'm just going to go straight in um, and just ask for your assessment of, of things at the moment. You know, you know, it's very easy to to look at the sort of Twitter mob type you know, with sort of fans and within clubs. And a lot of the times, maybe you can gauge how the fans are feeling. Sometimes it'll be off the mark, but, you know, social media's been using that as a bit of a flagstick at the moment. Obviously, Albion fans are not happy. What's your assessment of the situation at the moment in terms of, I know people are calling for Bruce to go, you know, things need to change. It's not good enough. How have you looked at the season so far as a whole? Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty calm in comparison to a lot of stuff I've seen, you know, I think that performance-wise, we're not too far off being where we want to be. I think there's only, for me, been a couple of performances where I've gone, that's worrying, rather than the results. Obviously, the results are not coming, and that's that's a bit of a difficult thing. But you can see by the stats, you can see by the way that we're kind of playing in, in most of the games that we're, we're doing the right thing. And, you know, Albion are getting in the right areas. It's just missing that sort of final touch in the, in the, in the last third. There's been a couple of performances, as I said, that have worried me, which would be like Wigan. Uh, I mean, that was a pretty dour performance Cardiff was pretty dour and then uh, obviously the the Birmingham game in midweek last week w- was obviously awful so yeah those three performances stick out as, as pretty worrying but I mean there's been 10 games gone and seven of them have been have been all right and and we played well obviously cutting out those defensive errors would would help a lot uh, in and in relieving a little bit of pressure on the front line to try and convert some of these chances but for me I don't think we're too far off I'm definitely not in the camp of you know, wanting Steve Bruce to go. Yeah, I can see the performances there. It's just the results and and especially the goals that really aren't at the moment. Yeah, that's one thing Steve Bruce has said, and he said it for a few weeks, you know, we're close, you know, we're playing well, which I think people can see. But is that, it's something that doesn't seem to sort of wash with a lot of fans. Is it a case of when you do look at the table and look at the reality of it, Albion are what, 19th, 20th? Um, you know, they don't want to, they probably don't want to hear the manager going, we're, we're close. They want the, the side to be there, don't they, almost? Yeah, yeah, and I get that. I mean, I get the frustrating. I, I, you know, I obviously, you know, lot. Of, I don't have too many Albion supporting friends, but when I see those who don't support Albion, they just, you know, show me the league table, and that's a bit of a reality check. And they go, oh, "Look, what, what on earth is going on?" And I have to kind of explain that it's, it's, it's really not that bad. But yeah, I, I mean, the reality, you know, reality is we we are hovering outside the relegation zone. Could have gone in uh, if if Middlesbrough had won the other day, I believe, but. Yeah, I just, yeah, I know it's frustrating. It's difficult. It's one of those things that you just, it's patience, I suppose, that, that, that you know, we can wait for, 
you know, the goals to start raining in because, you know, we saw what happened at Hull. They are capable, you know, the side are capable of getting the goals and they are capable of getting results. It's just when they're going to come. And I think the patience thing is difficult for Albion fans because, you know, we all know what's going on behind the scenes with the owner. And I think patience is, is wearing thin with a lot. So I can see the, the kind of reactions coming out. But for me, I, I'm pretty level headed. So I like to stay, you know, calm and like to keep myself, you know, positive about, about especially about the Albion. So, yeah, I think... It's, it's, it's just difficult to look at the league table at the moment, but then you have to kind of remember the performances that have been put in. You know, I know they were, uh, well, probably a month month or two back now, but, you know, Watford was a fantastic performance. We didn't get what we deserved from that. And there's been plenty more examples like that. But yeah, I think the performances have been there largely this season. It's just the results that need to come. And I suppose the league table's not helping with the fact that we need, you know, a bit of patience at the moment with 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 Bruce, who's adapted to a bit of a new group, I think, but and also, you know, new players is coming in and stuff so yeah I'm pretty level-headed but I can see the frustration you know when you look at the league table you look at you know the fact we've drawn what what is it seven games or something like that it's you know it's a, it's a lot of games to have drawn and you don't want to be seeing that as, as a side that should be uh, challenging for promotion this season. Yeah just playing devil's advocate towards a lot of fans you know you look at the table I look at the table and you know you just sort of close your eyes and shake your head but <laughs> I think Albion are five points you know talking about positions at the moment two wins change everything but the league's so tight, isn't it? That's one, probably one positive. I'm sure there are a couple of others, but one positive we can take is that the league is, is tight. looks like it's going to be as tight as ever in the championship. So, you know, Albion being close, like Bruce says, if it does click and they get three, four wins together on the bounce, they're going to be right up there, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, the, I've, I've seen a stat on Twitter over the past couple of days that, uh, that, that the gap between, you know, first and 24th in the championship has never been so close at this stage of the season, which I think is amazing and I think that should give us a little bit of a confidence as to how tight the league is and how easy it could be if you just string a couple of wins together you can get in the top six basically at the moment I think we are as you said five points away from that so yeah it's a couple of wins I mean I can see with the performances a couple of wins come in but it's going to be a bit difficult to to kind of string those together you know when you've got the World Cup coming in as well that's going to be a bit of a difficult break for, for the squad if we do get a bit of a run together it might just come at the wrong time for us I feel but at the end of the day, you know, we've got got a bit of space and a bit of breathing room, I suppose, to be able to get into the top six and into that. Well, I suppose top half would be a start, but, you know, top six after that, if we can try and get a run together, the gap really isn't that big. And I suppose it's just patience. It's just a bit of patience. And I can understand why fans' patience with the club, with the team is kind of wearing thin. But, you know, we have to remember that I think this team is a world away from the one that we saw last season in terms of application and uh, and grit and determination. They don't look like a side that's certainly going to give up a lot this season. And I think that that's a lot more comforting to me to know that, that at least they'll be fighting for, for every point. As, as I, I'm not quite sure that the brunch that, that was playing last season did. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because we, me and Lewis spoke about it a few weeks ago and I, so we, People always talk about what's what's your style of play, what's your style of play, and I always think it's you know if you've got players who can go and play and, and win football matches, you don't really necessarily need a style. But people sort of slamming Bruce's style of play, but it's it's I don't know what from you, you know you saw the whole of last season, you know as a, as a season ticket holder, but is the style of play this season? Yeah, people criticise Bruce, but. It's a will, like it's a world away from the the, the Val ball, you know, while well, the early Val ball stuff. But then, you know, what that morphed into, it is better than it was, wasn't it? You know, even though the negativity seems a little bit deja vu like from last season, there are they have made maybe not strides, but they've made step for, steps forward, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, 
you know it's better to watch that's that's a I mean a good start I mean I, I, I personally I'm not too fussed about how the football looks as long as you know wins points uh, and, and goals come at the end of it and but you know obviously Bruce is going to be under pressure you know any manager can be in 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 any job to be honest it's just football that's the way things are and I think Bruce is kind of, you know, he's going to be under a bit of pressure with the way he's not getting the wins. And I think that's going to be difficult for him because, you know, at the end of the day, he's putting a team out there that are doing enough to win, you know, 90% of the game. Or, well, we'll say 70% of the games after those three that I've mentioned. So it, it's going to be difficult. And I think he's, he's going to be under a li- little bit of pressure, but it's, it's worlds away from what we saw last season. I mean, under early stages of Ishmael were obviously fantastic. You know, it was entertaining. It was uh it was physical. It was really enjoyable to watch. But as it went on, I mean, and, and Bruce's early reign as well of, uh, towards the end of last season, that was pretty dull as well. But I think this season, you know, entertainment factor, you know, you feel you've got players on the pitch that can really excite the fans. And I think that's that's important. And I think that fans may have a bit more patience because the football's a bit easier to watch and things are a little bit, you know, more exciting in the, especially in the final third. I think with the creative players that we got, you know, Swift, Wallace, um, Thomas Asante come in, and I think he's a bit of a bright spark. So, yeah, I think there's plenty more to be excited about, especially in terms of the style of play. Yeah, and in terms of just looking at, uh, at Saturday, just gone. You know, I wasn't at the game, but you know, I read the reports, and you know, people told me that Jake Livermore had a had a had a great display, and Grady Dean Garnered, you know was a world away from what he was against Birmingham and, and Albion's performance was a lot better and they arguably could have won the game. It's just my overriding feeling, I drive back from a game I was at, was just frustration. You know, if they put in a performance like that, surely they would have, you know, strolled yeah. for three points on Wednesday night. Yeah, it's 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 the same with last season. I mean, you remember the wins against Fulham, Bournemouth, and then we went and lost to, I think, Birmingham, Stoke, you know, the weeks after. I mean, it was just bizarre how we kind of... It was a bit of underdog mentality, I think, with a lot of with a lot of the games that we felt that we could go and win if we put in a certain type of performance. And I think that was great. But you want to see us beating those teams that we should be beating. And the performance against Norwich was was a lot better than Birmingham. I think we lacked a little bit going forward. I think we struggled to hit them on a break a few times. But I think the times that we did, we looked really effective. But defensively, so much better. I mean, Connor Towns then moving to, to centre-back, I think, was a real real good move I think he looked really comfortable I think he does struggle a little bit when going forward on the left hand side so maybe that could help Eric Peters coming in was fantastic I mean um you know the two sort of older players in the squad Jake Livermore and Eric Peters were were you know one, two of the best players on the pitch and Dreddy Dean Garner as well as you mentioned there was was uh tying Max Ahrens in, in in knots I mean he's a player that you know is playing England under 21 football he's been highly regarded and lots of lots of top clubs have been after him over the years so I think Dean Garner to force him into a yellow card and you know he, he was tying him in knots all day and I think Livermore you know Peters going back to them I mean the experience in the side really helped I think Peter it, it, Peters I, I've always liked him. He's always one of those players that, you know, you play against, you, you've played against, you know, Stoke and, and Burnley. And he's one of those horrible players. You just, you wish you kind of had on your team, but he's one of those that, you know, he, he always gets under the skin of the opposition. Really tough, really, um, really, I suppose, uh, hard as nails, I think is probably what I'm going for. And I think he, he showed a lot of that experience. And, and Livermore, I mean, he, he looked really refreshed, uh, all action. And I think, um that was what we kind of needed after a flat performance. I think you needed a bit of fresh energy into the side. And I think Livermore, for all you know, the faults that a lot of Albion fans, I'm not a massive you know hater of him, as I think a lot of fans are on social media, but he does a fantastic job when he gets the chance and always 100% effort. And I think that's where you really needed him. And that's why, you know, 
this season he's going to be very useful, maybe not to start every game, but to have around the squad for when you have those flat, you have those dips in your performances and you need a bit of energy to come in. And I think that's where he's perfect for. And yeah, it's a much better performance, especially defensively. I mean, we didn't really make many mistakes, uh, obviously in comparison to Birmingham, where we made a two or three leading to oh, goals. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it was very different uh, defensively. We looked so much more organised. And, you know, if it wasn't for what looked like a handball to me from for Norwich's goal, we, we, we wouldn't be... Uh, we, you know, we'd be celebrating three points and a great win, I think. You mentioned Eric Peters there. I just got a question a bit further down, but I'm going to bring it up now. You know, there's a few comments when he signed. I think he's 34 now. He hasn't had a club for all, since uh, since he was released by Burnley. But do you think with his experience and uh, with his quality as well, you know, he's played, Eric Peters has played the majority of his career in the Premier League. Um, is that going to be a shrewd bit of business, do you think, from yeah yeah absolutely I think yeah it's just one of I think he's got a great left foot as well for starters you know I've, I've talked about all his sort of non-coachable stuff as in like his attitude you know experience I mean he is actually a good footballer as well let's let's not forget that you know crossing into the box it'll be fantastic if he can get up and down the left hand side and yeah he worked really well against uh you know Norwich um they had uh Josh Sargent playing on the right hand side who I think is He's either up there or second, uh, second or first in Championship top goal scorer at the moment, and he kept him really, really quiet, uh, very physical, and yeah, I think he looks like a shrewd bit of business. To be honest, we needed a bit of cover in that left back area. It's clear that Bruce isn't quite confident in in Zach Ashworth to come and step into into sort of Connor Townsend fold, and I think it's good to alleviate a little bit of pressure on Townsend because I think his performances have dipped a little bit of late, especially sort of this season back end of last, and I think maybe a bit of competition, but also some who can alleviate a bit of that pressure on him to to play every game really uh, I think is is a, is a bit of a masterstroke and obviously he's, he's been training with us so he's nice and fit he's ready to come in as soon as he was signed and I think that's testament to him really the fact that he was you know committed enough to stick with us for 12 or so weeks and and get the contract Jake Livermore we've talked about him there you know I the fans I was talking to were sort of raving about him on Saturday he gets a lot of stick I think his, his deal's up next summer when he puts in displays like that, you do see a place still for him at Albion, don't you? I know I've been at times I question, you know, probably I think the best Jake Livermore is definitely behind him. And I think we don't really see enough top performances from him as we used to. But he still can be important, can't he, when he puts in displays like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he shows... I think in the squad at the moment, I think he's not a starter. And I think, you know, as you said, his best days are behind him. I think his starting days are probably behind him, you know, regular starter. You know, like Ishmael said, he was undroppable last season. I think he's certainly um, taken a bit of a step back. I know his deal runs out next summer. That's going to be a bit of a difficult decision, if I'm honest. He'll be, uh, you know, he's 32 at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult, a difficult decision. But at the moment, I'm happy to have him around the squad. He's obviously a great character um you know in my opinion you can see that the you know the effort the application he brings and I think more play the more players like that in the dressing room that you can have the better and I think that that will only help um you know the, the you know the squad going forward he'll be able to I think Malumbi was kind of a bit and Yakuzli were a bit of a natural succession for him to kind of step out the side but uh, like like with like as I said with Townsend you know alleviate a little bit of pressure on him you know to not be playing every game because you know, we know Livermore. He, he loves a he loves a bit of a tackle. Loves getting himself involved. And you know, I think if he ended up getting a red last season, it was a bit of a disaster because you know, what did we have? Only three, three, four centre midfielders fit. Whereas here, you've got two quality players who are arguably ahead of him in the pecking order. 
but you know you're not necessarily relying on Livermore I think if you're relying on somebody like Livermore I think you get yourself in a bit of a pickle like we were last season in the midfield but now you've got two quality options ahead of it you've got you, you've got Rogic coming in and I think he'll be a he'll be a really nice addition when he gets fit as well so yeah I think I, th- I think it's, it's it's he's a great player to have around the dressing room you know it, you know great club captain I think to have and yeah, I think to use him sporadically, I think is always a good thing, and not to rely on him is is always going to help the squad. Just on um, on Brandon Thomas Santa, <laughs> he came in from the start on on Saturday. He had a, ch- a chance to see on the highlights and looked lively. Um, we spoke about it last week. Well, that you know, Carl and Grant's performances haven't been superb so far this season. Um, You'd like to think that Thomas Asante is going to be the starter going forward now, and that might drag a little bit more out of out of Grant to compete until maybe DK comes back. Yeah, I think he led the line really well. Most importantly for me, I think Grant does. I think he does what he does very well, which is sort of sniff around the box and wait for the opportunity to come. And I think he does that quite nicely. But I think Thomas Asante could really see him stretching the Norwich defence. He was a real physical handful as well. I was quite surprised by that. Obviously, I watched him against Burnley but uh, and obviously Birmingham, but he obviously not too many touches in those games being late on. But... You know the game against uh, the game against Norwich. He, he was really stretching the defence, and they were pumping balls into his chest and stuff. And he was, you know, battling with centre halves bigger than him, and he was he was holding his own very well. So I was quite pre- pleased to see that. I think he's, you know, he's he's got a point to prove. I think, you know, with with maybe Grant, he kind of knows where where he is. You know, in in terms of Championship level, you know, he's a decent Championship forward wherever you know wherever whether that be on the left, whether that be up front. But I think Thomas Sante was something to prove a bit about him. I think. He's, he's a really, you know, useful option to have. I think definitely, you know, I definitely give him a start, you know, when we come back after the international break, all being well with fitness and whatnot. But yeah, I think he led the line really well. I think he, think he stretched the defence and, and there were times where he was kind of, you know, he was almost on the end of a couple of uh, wayward Norwich back passes that maybe I don't think Grant would be there for with the way that he, the way that Thomas Asante really chases down the back line. And yeah, it was a really good shift and he deserved his start after the couple of goals. I know one from the penalty spot, but I think he deserved his opportunity. And yeah, I think um, Bruce, by the sounds of things from looking at quotes and stuff, he looked he looked very pleased with, with what he saw from him. So hopefully we'll get to see him start again because, yeah, I think he's a, a much better option to play up front than Grant. Maybe I, I, I do prefer Grant off the left, but see that causes a bit of a conundrum with Dean Garner because he's been playing so well as well. But yeah, it's nice to have so many options, to be honest. I know the goals aren't really going in, but I suppose last season there weren't too many options to pick from. But, you know, you've got a, a plethora, I think, really, of, of attacking options now to choose from. And yeah, they're all good headaches for Bruce to have. At the other end, um, the goalkeeping situation now, Sort of negative comments and sort of, um, sort of people picking holes in Button's performance came. The first I sort of picked up on it was after Blackburn, um, when Blackburn scored a couple of goals from range, and I sort of didn't really agree with it. And um, against Birmingham, I think certainly for one, maybe two of the goals, I thought Button could have been. You could sort of lay a little bit of the blame on him. You know, I give a predicted lineup on Twitter on Friday, and I put Button in it. I yeah, absolutely I, I slammed. Did. Yeah, I saw, saw a little bit of that. I um, saw some some comments on that. Yeah, and, and my my thinking is, personally, you know, I haven't seen these goalkeepers, but from what I, from what I read and what I see, I'd arguably say Alvin's best goalkeeper is out on loan at the moment, um, or certainly yeah. the one with maybe the one with the brightest future. I don't I, I don't know how to sort of maybe phrase that 
correctly. But my thinking is that if Alex Palmer was better than David Button, he would already be in the team. But what's your situation? How have you viewed it in terms of Button's performances and, and what's being said, Louis? Yeah, I mean, the stats are a bit damning, aren't they? I mean, yeah. we saw floating around on Twitter, is it is it 13 goals from 24 shots on target or something like that, which is obviously an awful stat. I think we've got the worst save percentage in the league as well, I think, from 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 looking at some of the stats as well. So, yeah, I've been disappointed with, with Button. I think he has made a couple of important saves. I mean, the whole game, I think he made two in there that, that would have changed, that did change the forecast of the game. But... I think some of the times with some of the longer range efforts that we've kind of been conceding, I think his feet get a little bit, I don't know, his footwork doesn't quite seem right to get down to some of the shots. I feel like he's a little bit late when he's kind of shuffling across. It feels like he kind of locks himself in a bit of a position and then getting down's almost a bit, getting down to the shot or getting up to the shot, wherever it's come from, is a bit of a problem. I feel like he, you know, with his footwork, he kind of gets himself locked into a position. I kind of remnant of a little bit of Johnston when, you know, a couple of long range shots, I remember, went past him in the Premier League. I mean, kind of locking yourself into a position rather than staying on your toes. And uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm no goalkeeping expert. I think I played one season in goal once at Sunday League and I think I was the worst goalkeeper I've ever, <laughs> ever seen in my life. But, I mean, some of the footwork from Button, it just doesn't quite seem right. Uh, and yeah, I think I agree with you. The best goalkeeper at the club, I think he's on loan. Josh Griffiths, I think uh, the club from the sounds of things are really excited about his future and believe that he could be a, you know, future number one. And I hope that maybe next season, this time has come and yeah, Alex Palmer, I'd like to see given a go. I mean, you know, I'm in sort of the same boat as you. If nobody's seen something in him to start, no manager has come in and gone, Oh yeah, Alex Palmer is going to be my number one this season. Then maybe there's probably a reason for that. And I suppose with such a little sample size of seeing him really, you know, we haven't really had the chance to see him in an Albion shirt very often. I think it's difficult to kind of say, oh, you know, give him a chance when, you know, obviously Bruce has seen him behind the scenes. I mean, if some if it's not working, and I suppose it's not really with Button at the moment, because, you know, let's be honest, too many goals are going in the in the net that shouldn't be scored. And yeah, especially against Birmingham, that last goal was 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 pretty awful from 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 him, if I have to be honest. But yeah, maybe it is time for a little bit of a change. But then again, I can kind of see Bruce's logic. If he's seen Palmer behind the scenes, you know, in training every day, then, you know, maybe there is something to say, well, he's not good enough. And I think maybe they're kind of waiting to change the guard with Josh Griffiths next season and give him a... I'd like to see him go and get a championship loan, if I'm honest. But Portsmouth's still a very good level. They're doing well this season. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But I think I'm in agreement with you. I think Griffiths comes in next season. And I think he it's, it's his time to be number one. Yeah, Griffiths, you know, you'd think he'd come back in. And young Caleb Taylor is someone who probably we're going to see in an Albion shirt on a regular basis in the not-too-distant future because he seems to be doing very well down at Cheltenham. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was speaking before, you know, about, you know, obviously I'm I'm at uni in Cheltenham, so I hear all the the musings about them. And obviously Griffiths was on loan at Cheltenham uh, a couple of seasons ago. and, And, yeah, there was a feeling around that that he was a special player. But Caleb Taylor, I've seen a lot of Cheltenham fans follow a lot on Twitter that are saying that um that that if they stay up this season in league 1 then he's he's one of the probably few players that they've got to thank for that but yeah it looks like he's made the step up i mean physically obviously he's a very imposing lad i mean what you know massive and you know very good build and i think he's been doing very well physically i think that's obviously a bit of a worry when you send a young center back into the lower leagues can they handle it physically and you know against the experience of uh, of league 1 strikers who are obviously going to be a bit hardened to to uh, you know, a physical battle. I think Taylor's been doing great. I mean, I hope to get the chance to watch him a couple of times this season when I'm when I'm back at university. But you know, 
he's been doing fantastically well by the sounds of things and yeah he should be should be on course to kind of break into the first team for 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 real this time I think next season I hope I think maybe there's a feeling that some Albion fans would rather have him stay but I think the loan at Cheltenham's gonna do in the world a good I mean for getting the first taste of men's football in league one as well with a with a good club that looks after loan players I mean you know we've sent a few over there in the past um Finn Azaz, um, Josh Griffiths and obviously Taylor as well. I think, yeah, they clearly look after their lone players and I think that it'll, it'll be a really, it'll, you know, done in the world a good to be back. Yeah, certainly. Time for an advert, the Kettle and Toaster Man time. Um, this podcast, as always, is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. This week, got a great bargain for you. It's the end of the season, so you might not be using this too much, but it might be a good one to get, get in the shed for next year. A brand new tower, um, non-stick copper electric indoor or outdoor barbecue so you can use this indoors 200 pound down to 110 pound this week with the kettle and toaster man you can go in store at thorns hill uh thorns road in briley hill or head to kettle and toaster so thanks for their sponsorship of the podcast now we're going to answer a few of your questions um albion fans we've had a few of you get in touch um obviously at the moment the twitter twitter questions are pretty Pretty negative. Um, a, a fan here um, goes by Pastures Green. Um, he's just had a bit, a bit of a pop at the uh, food and drink options in the ground. But I'm just going to pick <laughs> up on his, um, on his, uh, um, another question he said about the the fan zone. Um, I'm not going to say what he called the fan zone because it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, I don't want to use me bleep me bleep button. Not that I've got one. Um, but I just wanted to get your take on the fan zone, Louis. Obviously, you go to most games. Have you been in there so far, or uh, is it? What 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 is it? I haven't, you know, I didn't really come that way to the ground. I come up Halfords Lane, so I don't really get a chance to look at it. But is um, what have you made of it if you've if you've been in there or walked past? Yeah, well, I've walked past uh, for the whole game. I think it was that uh, I walked down uh, the, the the main Birmingham Road to to get to the ground. So come sort of the opposite. You come in this way, and I come in that way. So yeah, I, I walked past it the other day. It looked looked pretty decent. I mean, looked like there's a bit of entertainment going on. Obviously, Andy Johnson was there doing a bit of uh, doing a bit of uh, speaking and telling some stories about his time. Oh, you say singing then? Oh, well, I hope not. I hope not. I hope he wasn't doing any singing. But yeah, it sounded like he was telling some stories about his playing days. It looked like there was a bit of a like mini football pitch kind of as well for, for, for you know, the, the children to play on and stuff. Obviously, you got the Greggs there. There was a bar. There's some merchandise as well to be sold as well. I think that was, yeah, it just looked really nice. I mean, you know, I remember, you know, looking back at sort of the Premier League days, I remember seeing the fan zone and it used to be such a nice place to go and stand. You know, there was the odd chance you could meet a player there. You know, they'd come and sign a few things occasionally. I remember Rondon doing it when he when he got sent off one of the times, I think, uh, on his, uh, on you know, not being in the matchday squad, he came and did some signings. So I remember that quite fondly. And yeah, I think it can only be a, you know, can only be a good thing. I mean, you know, it's better than what was there before, which is an empty Greg's car park. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, yeah, I, I think by the looks of things, I will go in at some point this season. But when I walked past the the, the last time I was there, uh, you know, for Hall, I think, yeah, it, it looked pretty decent. And then it looked like there was a lot going on and lots of people really engaged with it. So, yeah, I think it's a big call from from the club to have it back. And I think it's it's a it's a positive move. Yeah. Uh, another question here, a lot of it's about Bruce and, and, and the situation at Albion. Ish. Someone's asked, as Sunil Patel's asked, uh, Ishmael left the club in fifth position with possibly a worse squad than Bruce currently has. While things were toxic under Ishmael, how is Bruce seemingly getting a free pass with a better squad at his disposal? Why is he not being measured against the same criteria as Ishmael? I think it's an interesting question, but I think there are different factors to it. We're at a different point in the season. You know, Ishmael was Ishmael went in January um, or start of February, uh, around that time where you, you, you're pretty much bang in the middle of the season. 
Um, I think if performances, I don't know how you see it, Louis. I think if performances would have been bad for mm. these nine, however many games played, nine games, whatever it is, ten games, um, as well as you know not getting wins, I think there things would be a bit, a little bit different, and they would be similar to what it was under Ishmael, but. I think given that Albion have sort of improved, you know, we can't deny that results haven't improved because, you know, they're 20th in the table or whatever it is. But it just seems to me you can't really measure, you can't really measure the criteria of Ishmael against Bruce really at the moment from what no. Sunil's asking, just because it seems like different situations. That's my view of it anyway. Yeah, I think they really are. They're, they're you know, you know, you look at Ishmael and I think at this, I think, you know, during sort of some of the period that, you know, things were a bit dire, the football was not looking great. I think there were good performances buried in there. And I think, you know, obviously Ishmael was a massive advocate of expected goals, which were pretty high for some of the time under his his reign. But I think with Bruce's, I think we're top of the league for that stat at the moment with, with the goals we should be scoring. Obviously, it's not everyone's cup of tea. And yeah, I, I sometimes question it myself. But yeah, we are top of the league for that particular stat. So I think that... Um, yeah, I think it just seems like completely different situations. Obviously, Ishmael, things were completely toxic. It, he showed, you know, no flexibility really in his, you know, tactics and, you know, team selections and stuff like that. I think Bruce looks like he'll try quite a lot of things before things get that bad. And I think we can only kind of appreciate him for trying that sort of stuff if, if things do end up like that. But I think we're... Although there are Albion fans getting impatient and I can understand the whole game, you know, like London buses, you know, you'll, you'll wait for one goal and you'll end up with five at once. So, yeah, fingers crossed, things get better. But I think, yeah, they're two very different situations, even though uh, Bruce is around the relegation zone and Ishmael was sacked whilst we were in the playoffs. I mean, we'd wish to, to stay in the playoffs last season, but I think, yeah, this season, a very different situation. Yeah. Um, question from Rob Smith. How much are young players like TGH actually being developed, improved on the Bruce? Uh, it's an in- interesting question, and I'm going to link it in with the um, the one above as well, which is about the academy. Which someone's asked, um, is it worth having an academy anymore? The gap is massive between youth and senior. Also, the fact that not many are breaking through TGH, Fowl, Andrews, Cleary, the list goes on. And then he's just put, well, I have your opinion on what Brentford did. That you know They scrapped most of the academy and had, I think it was an under-18s team. I think it's an interesting question. I know Jeremy Peace, when he was at Albion, sort of questioned the the viability of an academy because the bigger clubs were sort of poaching a lot of Albion's better players for for next to no money. But and I know this is a a different argument. Um, it's it is interesting, isn't it? You know, I think to, Garden Hickman has been developed under Bruce. I think Bruce has given him a chance. I know he had a he had a sniff around Val, didn't he, when he came in, in against Coventry. Um, but if you look at it on the face of it. I would say and there is a possibility in in the next year or two that there could be four or five academy graduates in that team. If you look at Griffiths, you know, Taylor's going to come back. You've got Ashworth, who, who Bruce obviously likes because he's in and around the side. TGH as well. I'd like to think Cleary will kick on in the next year or two, um, given the sort of fanfare around him. I don't know what your your take on it is. is yeah, really in well, terms well, of. Yeah, well, that's a lot, you know, Johnny, what you just listed there. That's a lot of academy players to have in one team. You very, very rarely find, you know, you you, you struggle to look along, you know, teams in the championship and find more than one or two in the matchday squad. I think, you know, to have four or five in the team over the next few years, I think would be an incredible achievement for the academy, you know. 
people maybe it's another thing about patience I think you know maybe getting impatient that those aren't being given their chance yet maybe clear he's not been given much of a shot in the league but has obviously in the cup and you know the same for Ashworth same for even Ethan Ingram who you know Bruce has name dropped a few times I think but you know if, if Taylor comes back Josh Griffiths goes in goal you know that's two and I think that's still a really big achievement to have two in the academy and I mean yeah, from the academy coming into the first team, I think that's, yeah, I wouldn't scrap it. I think it's always nice to see a young player coming through. I think we can all like sort of identify, especially with, you know, Gardner Hitman, of course, a big fan of the club and obviously he's been a fan since since he was little. So I think, yeah, I think to see Gardner Hitman in the side now is good. I think Fellows is another one who I, I think I think has got a lot of potential. Yeah, so, I, so, I mean, you end, you end up with, you know, you end up with five or six in the matchday squad. That's an incredible achievement for the academy. You know, I've watched a documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, Johnny. It's about Crystal Palace's academy has yeah. been on over the past few weeks. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the amount of lads that, you know, in the, you know, the Palace squad and how many actually, you know, and how many were actually, you know, are actually going to make it. And you look at the sort of those getting released and stuff. I mean, to end up with five or six academy graduates in the squad, I think would be an incredible achievement. And I think that would be, that's why you know the academy's there and I mean you know sometimes it can be there you know if players do get sold to bigger clubs or you know like we've seen a few times in the past you know you get a bit of money for it but the biggest reward is when those come through in the first team and I think it's only a matter of time as you said before you know those couple come back from loans and we start to see them mature and, and come back into the come into the first team and yeah it just makes having that academy all worthwhile and all the coaches that work so hard to to keep those players you know on path I think, you know, it, it just makes, you know, makes it all worthwhile really to ha- see those. And five or six is, is quite a lot. So, yeah, hopefully we can see more come in. But, yeah, for me, there's there's no need to scrap the academy. I think, you know, we're seeing the rewards from it starting to come through. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll see them sort of breaking into the, the first team. Uh, we've got a question here. Do you know where DK stands with the US national team? Will he walk back to the start in Ireland? And do you think him playing at the World Cup could be of benefit for us? For fitness and more game time. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, Lewis has written a story this morning. Spoke to Bruce yesterday. Um, we're not going to see DK immediately after the international break, but Bruce did sort of allude to him that um, we could see DK before the World Cup break, which starts yeah. in, you know, in in um, in a couple of well, less than a couple of months' time, about six weeks' time, six eight weeks' time. Um, that's the last thing Albion want, isn't it? DK going <laughs> to the World Cup and breaking yeah. down again. Quite worryingly, Johnny. I think there's a there's I think a lot of you know on the on the podcast you know that I do you know quite a lot of American fans follow me and they're begging for DK to be fit because I think there's a bit of a hole in their striker sort of position for, uh, looking ahead to the World Cup. So I think quite worryingly, uh, DK you know may end up on the plane if he gets fit. So. Yeah, it's not what Albion wanted at all, and it's not what the club wants. To be honest, I think the last thing they're going to want is DK flying off to to Qatar to, yeah. to play, you know, a few more games. I mean, especially you know with how much that's going to mean to him going to the World Cup. I mean, he'll be trying so so hard to get there and trying so hard if he does end up there. But I think there is a little bit of a hole in their striker position. I think they're struggling to fill it. So. Yeah, for from a selfish point of view, I hope he doesn't go. But you know, for him, I'm sure that would be lovely. But yeah, we can't. We we don't want another DK injury. I think this this we we'd like this to be his last. Yeah, fingers crossed. Just gonna this will tie us in nicely to the next section. Um, it's just a question about the Clash of the Legends game. Um, why do you think the the tickets have sold so poorly for the Clash of the Legends game? We know from social media these players are highly thought of. Season ticket holders take up a large chunk of the usual crowd. But you think most. Um, sorry, but you'd think most that choose would go 
for this over a league game and it's a family friendly event too i don't know a figure of how many tickets are sold but i don't i it, i was surprised when i was told sort of a, a figure off the record um of it being quite low um so it doesn't look like you know i thought they would be close to i don't know whether it's naivety on my part but i thought you might get close to a sell crowd you know these two players mm. played in an era where albion had a lot of success um yeah. you know it's 15 quid i don't really whether it's I don't know whether people sort of cost a living crisis or trying to save a bit of money not coming on Saturday. I, I, I don't really know. I don't know what your view is it on it, Louis. Yeah, well, I'm unfortunately, I'm going to be, you know, a bit hypocritical and say go, but I'm personally not going to be there, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to. But I mean, it, it looks a great event. I mean, there's so many players there that you can kind of relate to. And, you know, although maybe things aren't the best at the moment and weren't last season, you know, these are players, especially Brunty and, 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 and Mozza as well. You know, they're players from an era that Albion, you know, you know, fans like myself sort of sort of grew up watching that sort of era. And that was amazing for me to watch. So I think, yeah, I'm surprised I've seen a few figures like yourself, Johnny. And I think, yeah, that's a bit disappointing. I mean, it's all for charity as well, all for the foundation. So I'd hope that would kind of boost the attendance, you know, if maybe fans are a little bit sceptical about, you know, going to give money to the owner and things like that. But it's for it's for charity. It's for the foundation. And I think they do some smashing work, you know, throughout the throughout the seasons and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit disappointed to see that. But I mean, I can't complain because I'm not going there myself. But I think it should be an amazing game. And I hope to hopefully catch some highlights of it and see some of see how some of the ex-Albion players are shaping up, to be honest. But yeah, to see them all back there would be lovely. And I think, you know, I was hoping for a sellout crowd. Maybe that was a bit naive of, of myself as well. But yeah, I'd hope that, you know, that, that those two legends have earned a bit of... Um, you know, a bit uh, obviously the respect to the fans and and you know the respect to them coming on on Saturday. I think it would be great to see, but yeah, by the sounds of things, things aren't going too well. But yeah, it's, it is for charity, so it'd be great to see a lot of money raised as well as as well as the occasion. Yeah, certainly. Uh, thanks for your questions, Albion fans. Just going to um, hear a little bit from from the the two men in question themselves, James Morrison and Chris Brunt. They did a, a phone in on BBC WM on on Tuesday evening, which was uh, which was was quite interesting. Had a bit of, bit of a listen to it. But uh, Lewis Cox and the rest of the written journalists had a chance to catch up with the, the pair yesterday, and this is what they had to say. Doing it for a, a great cause, also doing it for you know um, quite a good cause. Yeah, well, I think it's the club giving it back to us, our our service really, and. Um, I see it as more for the charity side and uh, looking forward to it, to be honest. You know, we've got fond memories with all the guys and um, I think that's one thing I'm looking forward to is, is seeing them again and, and sharing stories and laughing and and, uh, and playing on the pitch again, really, because once you stop, you know, you, that's it, you stop, you don't play. I mean, my friends have got tried to get me down to Sunday League, but <laughs> I've watched it before, not a chance. <laughs> so... Other than that, you never play. I mean, you play the odd staff game here, but other than that, that's it. So, um, on one hand, I'm looking forward to it, and on the other hand, I'm a bit upset <laughs> what, what we're going to get. <laughs> Dreading the three yeah, days I mean, after. When I was playing at the back end, I couldn't get fit anyway. So. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, obviously, with COVID and etc. So, it's been in the pipeline for, for that long. So, glad we got round to it. I think that's probably the main thing. You get to see people that you... Otherwise, if this game wasn't going ahead, you you probably some names on there you might never ever see again. Like you yeah, know, yeah. so it's like it's nice for us to, to have that opportunity to be able to invite them back. But it's also nice for them because like, like I said before, like transfer windows and stuff like that, and contracts end, and players just get sort of shoved out the side door, and like they are maybe never seen again. So it's nice for them to come back see see some fans and you know just see some people from around the club that they that, that they work with and spend time with too. Uh, 
sorry, I was just going to say, guys, are there names on there that you haven't seen maybe since they've left left the club? Or I'm going to say know, that, there's that's... probably there's a few on there that I've not seen since since they left. Roman Bednar, Robbie Coyne. Wow. Yeah. Philip Teixeira. Doesn't left any Green chance. Bonds, yeah. That's football, isn't it? Yeah. As you say. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, goes on. it is. It and and it's like I suppose people don't really get that. Like it's, it, it is a harsh environment. You do you, like one day you're there and the next day you could be gone somewhere in a different country. Like you know, yeah. you know fair play to a lot of the lads. You know, they're giving up obviously weekends coming from from all over Europe. Some of them as well to join in and um hopefully um hopefully it, well it will be a good laugh because I can't see the football being great like but for 10 minutes it might be all right but then after that it'll, it'll just be a bit of fun so no, that'll be good and probably should have started training for it like but uh uh i do quite a lot of cycling like but i've not done did a bit of running and then since i've come back off holiday i've not really done any running so it'll be interested to see what happens i've had the privilege of joining in a couple of times with the lads and that so um Touchwood, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I picked up a few injuries along the way. Right? The body's not. Um, anybody's ever the same. Yeah. Once you once I mean, you stop full time training, you lose I blocked a shot the other day, and my ankle just the next day just went boom. <laughs> so no, but we're all good. Louis, like you said, there you're not going to be at the uh, at the game. Um, but I'm just going to ask you what you bet. I've tried to pick out a couple of memories of the pair of them. Um, what what's your sort of best Chris Brunt memory? What's your best James Morrison memory? Uh, best Chris Bunt memory would be the free kick at Everton. I think for me that was yeah a smashing hit, and I mean only almost you know mirrored by Mateus Pereira's effort only a yeah. couple of seasons ago. Quite scary how similar they were, but yeah, Brunt's free kick at Everton's one for me. I mean there's there's plenty of him to be honest, and plenty of of Mozer as well. But Mozer's is probably he scored a volley against Birmingham City. I think I can't remember whether yeah. it was home or away, but he smashed one in into sort of the roof of the net from the edge of the area. I mean. Yeah, two amazing players. I mean, Brunt as well, it was a nice, you know, I think one of the memories maybe, even though he didn't play so much, was getting promoted at the end of, you know, the Billich season in the Championship. It was lovely to see him on the pitch. And, you know, although he did play a bit of a bit part role that season, it was nice to see him have that final farewell with Albion fans. So, yeah, both of them, obviously legends. What about yourself, Johnny? What sort of memories you got for them? My 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 best memory of Brunt was probably one of my first ones. He scored the goal against Southampton under Tony Mowbray when we drew one all. Um, we need. I, I don't think we actually mathematically went up that night, but we were as good as up, as good as won the title, and as good as gone up. Um, and in our classic Albion fashion, they almost threw it away. They were one nil down. A young Adam Lalana scored that night oh, for Southampton. Um, but Brunt smashed in a smashed in a goal there. Maybe he scored. A, he scored an absolute rocket against Chelsea. Yeah, um, yeah. They won three nil, and then he, I remember he almost like ripped the net out against Crystal Palace as well in the Premier League. <laughs> uh, and that was one. And then Mozza probably. I remember sitting in the Birmingham Road end when we beat Man United. Oh, no, we lost to Man United that day, but we should have beaten Man United. We lost 2-1, if I remember rightly. He scored a volley. Graham Dorans ended Gary Neville's career that afternoon, <laughs> the past, which was made it even better. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great occasion. Looking forward to seeing some of the some of the old players and um, hopefully they raise as much money as possible. We'll sort of be bringing you a reaction from, hopefully bringing you a reaction from, from a lot of those X great um, on next week's podcast. Um, now, just before we before we wrap up, um, I sat down with Tom TJ Smithy, as we know him as, for a, another go at one of his his um, his quizzes. He came up with a cracker last week. He had some real good testers for me, um, and this is how I got on. Quiz is back. Tom, the quiz master's back. How are you, my friend? I believe you've had a very busy few weeks. Yes, very busy indeed. You've been stitched up. 
stitched up, to say the least. <laughs> riding around. Tell us Amsterdam. all about it. Going to Amsterdam on my stag do. I've uh, had to go as a a full kit person. It was fully West Brom gear. I'm glad it wasn't like uh, Wolves. And they showed me pictures yeah. of it. I was like, oh, I haven't been done up too badly. And then I go to open the shirt, look at the back. It says Tom Stag 22. And on the bottom, it says Up the Villa. Oh, no. Ugh. Oh, yeah. I was trying to cover it up as best as I could. Didn't run into any baggy fans, did you, in Amsterdam? I'm glad I didn't, because oh, I, I probably would have got smacked. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. Right, back with another quiz today. My effort last time was pathetic. Um, I'm open for a better display this time. Tell us what you got for us. So I'm going to name you two players from past or present West Brom, and you've got to name the other club they've played for. There right. are other players there for if you need more clues, but... Yeah. Other than that, it's... So I'm looking for the club. Knowledge. The club that they've yes. both played for. Right, come on. I'm ready. I'm fighting fit. I'm on a comeback. Let's right. have it. So, I'll give you the first one. Is Marc-Antoine Fortuné. Yeah. And Malumbu. Celtic. Boom. He's back. He's One back out of on one. It. Come on, let's go. Right. Your next one is right. Well, Clement, yeah, and Snodgrass. Paul, boom! Yeah, <laughs> no, he's firing now. The cogs are turning. Let's go. Bring it that on. That's he had the most players for. You could have I think that's hard because Neil Clement didn't really... Neil Clement didn't play for many clubs. Yeah. Oh, that was a that was an hard one. Yeah, <laughs> that was a tough one, that is. That's a tough one. Yeah. Right, right I'm going to have to think of another one now. So, Lescott. Yeah. Barry. But it's yeah. not Villa. Man City. Nope. Number one. Everton. Yes. Yeah. You could have had an HB, Lukaku. Yeah. Olgate yeah. was going to be coming up on that. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good shot. They've played together. They've played together. Yeah, it's not Villa, is it? I don't think played together. I'll take that. Two out of three. I'm happy with that. So, next one. Roman Bedner. God. Miller. Bedner and Miller. Oh, money to isn't it? Yeah, that's hard. Ishmael Miller's had like 30 clubs, but I don't know who Roman <laughs> Bednar's played for. Have you got any more clues? Any more players? Michael Appleton. Michael Appleton? You got any more? That's all I've got. Oh my god! But I'll give you the clue: is <laughs> Appleton managed them? Oh right, okay. Um, Blackpool. There you are. <laughs> ah! Oh, got there in the end. Got there in the end. Oh, that was oh, hard. That was I didn't know. One. I, I I remember I remember Miller playing there, but I can't remember Ben that playing for Blackpool. God. 
Yeah. Right, three out of four. Take that. Come on. Oh, God. Phone's going. Oh. Are you all right? <laughs> yeah, I've just got to let it ring. I'm not picking it up. It's one of them big red phones. It's a bit like deal or no deal, isn't it? <laughs> Phoning up for a for a clue. Right, there we go. Right, let's go. Your next one. Jonathan Greening. Right. Darren Moore. Might be the hardest one. Darren Moore's got his manager, so he's Darren Moore. Greening went United Borough. Oh, this is hard. You got any more? You got any more players? Oh, Jacob. Forest? There you are. Is it Forest, is it? More yeah. plays for Forest. I didn't know Darren Moore played for Nottingham Forest. Oh. And then I've got one club, but there's only two players, but I think you probably get it straight away. Hopefully. Adebayo and Gira. Fulham. There you are. There we go. And your last one, which Ooh, is probably go. going to be an easy one for you anyway. Oh, wait. Actually, there's two more. Oh, there's two. Oh, it's a yeah, bonus. Oh, oh, I've been going through these a bit weird. Uh, Jason Roberts. Yeah. How Robson Carney. Carney plays for two clubs. Reading? Yeah. Is it Reading? Reading, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize Robert's played. Oh, he did play. He went to Reading after Albion. Oh, I'm firing here. I'm gutted about that last got one. I should have had 100%. One more. Right. Come on. Let's have it. Right. Your next one is Sawyers, yeah. Odin Wingy. Oh, Stoke. Stoke it is. Yeah. There we go. What's that? Five out of six? Six out of seven? I'll say, uh, yeah. How many clubs was there? There's Forest, Everton, Blackpool, Stoke, Celtic, Hull, Reading, and Fulham. I'll it's say you only got one, one wrong. I'm happy with that. I tell you what, that Hull answer was a was a thing of beauty. I'm happy with that. Pulled out of somewhere. Pulled out of somewhere, <laughs> mate. Right, another good quiz, Tom. Tom will be back next week. Uh, we got a bit of a jumbled up baggies broadcast next week. We'll be back with another quiz. Yeah. Good luck. That's your your week. I'm sure. I, I'm hope you, I hope your employers don't know about you uh, sort of spending time coming up with this quiz. Oh. It's done out of office hours. I'll, I'll, I'll put it down as uh, lunchtime. Lunchtime, yeah, lunchtime. Shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Until next time, pal. All the best. Yeah. Take care. There you go. A better performance than last week. I was pathetic um, in the previous quiz, but this last one, the um, the answer of. Uh, you did Neil Clement and Robert Snodgrass play for straight off the top of the head. I'm I'm proud of that one. That's <laughs> that's one for the one for the CV. Um, Louis, we are heading into the international break now. You know, I don't like the international break. I'm sure a lot of fans don't, but um, it's a break from from the uh, from the, the Albion results at the moment. We, after that, it's Swansea um, and then Preston. Um, Swansea home, Preston away. Two games. 
they've got to be going for six points now, haven't they? You know, if Albion have had a decent start to the season, you'd probably say maybe take four from them, them two, but it has to be six now, doesn't it? Given the, the situation that they're in, you know, maybe not performance wise, but certainly, certainly results wise and points wise. Yeah, absolutely. Albion, you know, fans, as, as we know, are getting tired. You know, they want to see points on the board and I think so do we. And I mean, yeah, it's two difficult games, two teams that are going to try and keep the ball against this, which I think will be an interesting challenge. But yeah, it has to be six points, I think, out of those two games. You know, Preston obviously drawing drawing their lives away, I think, like us earlier on in the season. But yeah, two big games and six points have to come out of it. I mean, it'll be different, different sort of ta- challenge with the way that they both play. They both want to keep the ball. But I think that, yeah, it has to be six points. I mean, you know, if not, you know, you do worry a little bit for Bruce. It, it all depends on the performances, I think. You know, it has to be six points. But I suppose if the performances are good, I mean, you know, Bruce might, you know, keep going and, and fans might might give him a bit more time. But yeah, six points, Johnny, I think from those next two games, it, it, it really does have to be. If they lose the pair of them, is that curtains for for Bruce? Is, is, it, is it difficult to come back from that? You know, you lose a couple now and, and teams around them win. Yeah, yeah. Because... I mean, um, yeah, it's judge after a dozen, isn't it? I think is the phrase that you, you kind of say in football. And I think, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried. I'd be really concerned for Bruce if, if, if we lost both of those games. You know, depends what the performances are like as to whether I'll sort of stand with, with Bruce out or Bruce in. I mean, if the performances are anything like, you know, the good performances we've seen this season, maybe I might stick a little bit longer. But I mean, if two losses, I mean, you end up 12, 12 games, you've only won one game. I mean, for a squad of, you know, the the ability that we've got, I think that would be really concerning. And yeah, that's when the pressure would, would really start to turn on Bruce. And I'm sure he's feeling it a little bit now, but two games down the line and, and no points, you know, if they lost both of them. I mean, yeah, I do fear for him. Yeah, dread to think what would happen. Hopefully that will not happen. Louis, thanks very much for your time. You're going to be back with us, aren't you? We haven't really thrashed out what your... Your your appearances are going to be a little a, a little stat section possibly coming in uh, in future baggies baggies broadcasts but we got we'll have to sit down and thrash out an idea won't we Yeah absolutely hopefully this won't be my last appearance but no it's been no, nice to, to to spend some time with yourself and and of course Lewis a couple of weeks ago whilst I was on work experience but yeah we'll hopefully thrash out a bit of a cameo idea and, and hopefully we'll see you back we'll we'll see me back uh, on the show in a couple of weeks time but yeah it was great to great to be on and thanks so much for having me no worries what i'm trying to do is basically put like a question section then we got a quiz section we get your section basically i'm not gonna have to do any work like <laughs> too much time but i've got a few more sections. gonna leave it to us leave it to everyone else louis thank you very much for your time there you go baggage fans i'm sure many of you will be glad of the international break won't you um and hopefully the old boys bringing back some 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 old memories, a chance to reminisce at the Hawthorns on Saturday while raising some some good money for charity. Um, I think many can say, as Bruce says, Albion are close, um, but they don't need to be close now. They need to be there and they need some wins after the international break and they need them fast. I'll be back next week. Uh, Lewis is still away, still on jury duty. Um, so next week, I'll be back alongside a handful of you listeners. We've got a bit of a panel next week where we're going to talk all things um, Albion heading uh, back into the fixtures the following week. So thanks for listening to the Baggies broadcast. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>